Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and the founder of Catani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani. I hope everybody's having a great week. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We are rolling right through June. Uh, I think last week I said it's going by slow, but it's officially starting to hit that phase where, I mean, we literally have two weeks left, week and a half. Uh, and then we're right in July, and it's my favorite holiday of the year, which is the 4th of July. Uh, it's just, it's a hard one to beat, you know? It's uh, everybody... You know, I know there's people out there who aren't stoked um, on America right now, and I'm included there, but something about the 4th of July, man, just brings everyone together. Everybody's got the day off. It's the middle of summer, so it's always warm. It's hard to beat, you know? Everybody's barbecuing. Everybody's having a party. So uh, I'm stoked for that. But uh, last weekend, I was in Moab uh, in the LaSalle Mountains for a wedding which was absolutely beautiful and magical. And uh, shout out to Brittany and Taylor. Congratulations, you too. And thanks for letting me be part of the celebration because it was amazing. So we are rolling right along with our market research tips and tricks, how we're doing it, what to do, where to look. So uh, before we get into it today, we're going to talk about um, kind of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up three main uh, data points that I like to look for in my market research. Uh, there are more, but these are kind of the three big ones uh, to really look at. And the good news is that you really can gather all this information from the re free resources. If you want to learn about the resources, I talked about them on last Wednesday's episode. So go listen to that episode. I believe if I'm not mistaken, that was episode number 300. Yes, it was. That was episode 300 uh, last Wednesday, the 14th. So go listen to that one if you want to read about where or listen to about what resources, where to find them, especially the free ones. Uh, I mentioned my favorite one and, you know, where you can get really free insight. And honestly, as a passive investor, uh, especially starting out, really, it's going to give you all the information you need. And, you know, if you want to dive deeper, then, you know, I talked about some paid resources as well. So uh, before we get into today's episode, you guys, uh, really easy. It's the same exact name as the podcast, thecashflowchronicles.com. Go there, sign up. I've got a five-step video series that is coming out. I'm very, very excited. Uh, we are going to cover mindset. I'm going to give you the lingo, right? It's not... It's you know, in order to know how to analyze a deal, you've got to know what all the lingo means. And this, and not only to analyze a deal, do you want to know the lingo, but if you're going to be a real estate investor, you got to talk like a real estate investor. The way to talk about, talk like a real estate investor and talk to other real estate investors is to know the lingo, right? We are going to cover vetting a sponsor. And of course, 
the most important part, deal analysis. And there will be a bonus as well that I know nobody else is, has put out yet. So uh, very, very excited about that. That is almost completed. So uh, go to the cashflowchronicles.com, sign up there. That list will get it first before I launch it to the rest of the list. So let's get into today's episode. So the three categories that I want to cover today are economic data, uh, job markets. Those are two separate, and I'll go over why those are two separate. And then uh, demographics. Uh, for demographics, we're going to cover who and why, and I'll get into those uh, at the end. So step one is economic data. Okay, so economic data is going to be uh, broken down into a couple categories. One, you're going to have kind of inflow, right? So how many uh, kind of net new uh Net new tenants really is a good way to look at it, but really the inflow of new people to the city, right? So this is going to be renters, home buyers. Obviously, that's it, right? Renters and home buyers. In this case, we're going to kind of look at it, especially when you're getting it from places like Marcus and Millichap and the CBRE. It's going to tend to point toward uh, a lot of rental data. Uh, but that's good because that's really what you want to be looking at anyway, right? So the biggest one of the biggest keys there is going to be rental growth. And rental growth is going to be related to two things, obviously inflation, right? And then also demand. Demand is going to be fueled by what? New people moving in. Also along with that, which I talked about last week, is your absorption rate, right? So Economic data really is going to be, you know, how many new units are coming online? How much demand is there? How much, how, what's the absorption rate for those new units? And all of that put together is going to help tell us if there will be rental growth or not, right? If it's going to stay stagnant and flat, if it's going to drop, right? Meaning demand is dropping. Uh, it could be demand dropping, could also negative uh, growth, could also be uh, a negative absorption, meaning too many units coming online uh, related to the demand. Uh, economic data is also going to include things like infrastructure, right? What, uh, you know, what new, what new, systems and infrastructure is the city itself putting into place, right? The municipality itself. This is going to include new roads, new, uh, you know, parks, uh, business centers, right? A lot of, a lot of cities will put in a new business hub where they're going to build all these offices, right? To attract, you know, uh, tech companies and, uh, you know, tech companies and, you know, maybe manufacturing, right? What kind of manufacturing are they bringing into place? Are they putting in infrastructure? Infrastructure is also things like reducing the hoops and or red tape for new construction, 
right? So economic data is going to include new construction and not just for residential and apartments, but also for, uh, you know, businesses and employers as well. So, which perfectly leads us to job markets. Now, the reason these are separate, even though I mentioned kind of business infrastructure in economic data is because how I view job market is not necessarily the economic side in terms of, you know, how many new jobs are being added, you know, uh, new people moving and needing a job. But to me, one of the big things to look at when it comes to job markets is, is sector segments. So one thing that's really key, and you'll see this on a lot of, a lot of top operators will have a section in typically in the offer memorandum. And then, you know, they'll talk about on the webinar when they talk about the city and the, and the market and the economic data is the, is the job sector. So sectors include things like, you know, blue collar, uh, tech communities, right. Uh, you know, white collar, right. Uh, lawyers, uh, attorney offices, uh, you know, fi financial district or financial jobs, right. Um, and, you know, business centers will include financial districts and attracting financial companies, right. Uh, insurance, right. This is all going to fit into white collar. And then you're going to have things like, you know, manufacturing as well. And, and manufacturing covers both blue, blue collar because you got people who are actually working in the plant. And then you've got the people who work on the plant, you know, uh, that are kind of your higher managers and directors and VPs. And the reason that this is important is because it's important when you're looking at, at uh, job market data to ensure that you don't have a too big of a too big of one sector, right? So for instance, I believe the last time I looked, and this may have changed, but Austin had like 30% of its job market was all tech. And as you guys have seen, you know, Austin's starting to drop in terms of its rental growth. Now it's still positive, but rental growth is dropping in that um, because what we've seen is we've seen what a layoff, we've seen a heavy layoffs, right? Which means that people could be getting ready to leave, uh, could be ready to leave and go work somewhere else. Right. Especially if, you know, certain employers are getting away from so much remote work and starting to emphasize moving back into the, you know, moving back into hybrid work and more importantly, an emphasis on returning to the office, you could see people starting to move back to more tech focused hubs. Now, Austin is one but Austin was more uh, remote, I believe. And that, that may be changing, but you've got places like Phoenix that have a um, massive 
uh, inflow of tech companies. You got places like Salt Lake City have it. You know, San Francisco no longer, right? We we've all seen what's happening to San Francisco. And uh so that one is is different, right? Uh not so much a tech hub uh anymore. So for instance, uh to put it into perspective, uh CBRE, which is uh one of the free uh, websites that I mentioned, they are a broker, but also do, you know, a lot of blogs and insights and market research, just like Mark Similichap and some of the others that I mentioned last week. They just did a top 20 markets forecast rent growth, Q1 of 23 to Q1 2025. So over the next two years. So to put this into perspective, their top, their top three, let's just say their top five, Nashville, San Diego, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Newark, New Jersey. Never thought I'd say Newark in one of those. Austin, not even on this list. Okay. So, and the rent growth isn't much. It's, you know, we're seeing uh, 6. Uh, 6.8% for Nashville and 6.7% for San Diego. So that over the next two years is what's leading, right? And some of you are like, holy cow, I can't believe that's what's leading the forecast when we're just coming off of, you know, 15, 20, 25% rent growth over the last, you know, two, two and a half years. So that goes to show you why a heavy focus in one job sector is not good because Austin isn't even on this list, which means a lot of people are probably on their way out and looking for tech jobs elsewhere because the city is so expensive. And, you know, if they can move to, you know, a little bit more affordable city that can provide them the same amenities and your job is remote or you get a job in a city like Cincinnati, Indianapolis, uh, Kansas City, right? Some of these places that are putting a huge, huge emphasis on infrastructure to really attract these new jobs. You know, why wouldn't you? And in talking to people, a lot of people are really starting to get back on board with wanting to go back into the office. So a lot of these places or a lot of job prospects, people who've been laid off in the tech community are willing to go and move to a new city and go back to an office. So that is a major, major factor when you're doing your market research and why it's important to have a diverse job culture. And that is why I wanted to make job markets and in job sector and uh, its own section, because I wanted to make that emphasis about why it's important to have that diversification. So there you have job markets. Next, we're going to talk about demographics. Demographics is going to be who and why. Okay. So uh, we've kind of talked about the why, right? Biggest reason Typically, the biggest reason is going to be job first, and then you're going to have things like education, right, which is going to also tie into, you know, family, starting a family and family growth and things like that, right? Because obviously, once you start having kids, you want them to go to a good school. And so it's going to matter where you live. And, you know, some of these cities that have the top, you know, the top 
um, you know, school districts could be very expensive. So if you're looking at school district rating, they're rated from one to 10, right? Typically when you're in the A class, you're typically a seven or higher, uh, right? And so what you're looking for is you're looking for who and why. So the biggest thing is, you know, the biggest, the two biggest groups of renters right now are millennials and Gen Z, right? For obvious reasons, because buying a house right now for first-time homebuyers is extremely challenging. And so it's important to note what demographic is moving there and why, right? So if, if you have a heavy millennial inflow, you can bet that eventually what will happen is you will start to see one of two things. So for instance, one of them is COVID had a big inflow of millennials being able to work remote and live wherever they wanted. So you saw cities like Salt Lake City, uh, Boise, uh, really start to blow up in terms of, you know, access to recreation, uh, places like Bozeman, right? Access to recreation that you wouldn't get in other cities, but because you could work remote, you go live there, sign a one-year lease and live there for, you know, really pennies on the dollar compared to living in places like, you know, Austin, especially places like California, that's the biggest one, um, even places like Texas, right? So what's starting to happen is, especially in places like Boise is getting crushed with people now leaving in order to go and follow the tech jobs or whatever industry they're in and realizing now that they're ready to be back in a city as opposed to necessarily maybe around some of the recreation. Now, one thing with Salt Lake City I talked about last week is you're starting to see a bit of an outflow because, uh, you know, Gen Zers now are again, you know, we're starting to see an emphasis on hybrid work and return back to the office. Uh, and so it's starting to negatively impact rental growth. Now, cities like Salt Lake City over the next 10 years are still going to have a positive growth. And, you know, you really shouldn't worry over the long term. But when it comes to your market research and determining what cities you want to invest in, it's important to understand the full scope of it. I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't invest in a place like Salt Lake City or a place like Boise. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe it's important to look at other cities, especially with the Midwest, you know, starting to top some of these charts for forecasts over the next couple of years. And they're still, and asset prices are still relatively low in those cities, meaning you're going to get a really awesome opportunity for cash flow in cities like Indianapolis, you know, uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Louisville, cities like that, right? That have been relatively affordable, but always steady. So those are kind of the things to look for. And the who is important because, you know, one thing with millennials is like I mentioned, so now millennials, you know, starting to transition towards starting families, which means that eventually they're going to really start to trend toward buying homes. And, you know, home prices are still relatively high. 
but they are coming down in a lot of places. And so what you'll start to see is you'll start to see the millennials transition from renters to home buyers. And then, you know, the Gen Z will fill in. And then I believe Gen A is after them uh, that will fill in, fill in after. Right. And so it's important to understand who's moving there. Cause if you have a heavy inflow of millennials, then that could be bad for the longer term because eventually they're going to transition to home buyers. So, uh, you know, as they start a family and, and want to uh, upgrade and uh, increase the space that they have. So, so there you have you guys, that is the basics of market research. It's really not that challenging, right? And all this information can be found for free on the various, uh, you know, websites that I mentioned in last week's episode, like I said, Marcus and Millichap is my favorite CBRE, another great one. Uh, one of the articles I referenced today, you know, top 20 markets forecast rent growth over the next two years. That was a CBRE free, right? Didn't even have to sign up to be on their list. So, so there you have you guys, that's the very basics. And honestly, even knowing that, that basic of information, which would really take you you know, probably 30 minutes per market to really uh, dive deep and understand all of these uh, different uh, data points, you know, so an hour of your time, you get two markets, right? So then that gives you the preparedness when you go into a webinar to understand, you know, what's happening in that market so that, you know, if, something is either not in the webinar or they have a data point in there that conflicts with what research maybe you've done. You could bring that up and understand where they're getting their information and their insights to ensure that they're not overinflating and just showing you what you want to see and what's going to make their deal stand out better. So, so there you have you guys. That's today's episode. Really quite simple. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I always enjoy uh, being able to deliver these insights. So let me know if I missed anything, if there's something else you guys really look for in your market research, right? I know a lot of you out there are very uh, experienced investors, may have some other things that you look for uh, in your research. So let me know. So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, thecashflowchronicles.com. Sign up for my list. Oh, hint, hint, I've got a new deal coming soon. And also follow me on social media at Johnny Katani. Uh, if you do follow me, I know that um, posting has kind of fallen off, but a big focus moving forward is getting those systems and processes in place to really uh, build and uh, start delivering a lot more value. So thank you guys as always for listening. I always appreciate it. And I look forward to talking to you guys on Wednesday. I, or excuse me, today is Wednesday. I look forward to talking to you on Friday for the Friday follow-up. And of course, continuing next week. And uh, we could possibly have something very special for you next week. Hint, hint. Okay. Thank you guys as always. And I'll talk to you on Friday. See ya. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to KataniCapitalGroup.com to learn more.